Listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. We are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk shit about them. But that's not the case tonight. No. I mean, we have probably played games badly and we will likely talk shit, but it's just not going to be about them. No, we've got other things to talk about tonight. Finally. Finally, yes. It's been a while, and apologies for that. Life is getting in the way, and some some of us were stupid enough to have a holiday. Rude. I know. I know. It was so relaxing. It was so good, and I, you know, I got to stop and not do things and sit on a balcony and read, and, you know, that was, what was it, two weeks ago? Nearly two weeks I ago. I didn't take your holidays. It was nearly two weeks ago, and it feels like it was four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, we're back. We ran a painting event in September and October, and we had a number of entries, which were awesome. So we are here to talk about them. That is true. You might be here to listen about them. You may not be here at all. We may be talking to ourselves, That's regardless. More likely the case. Yeah, look, fair call. So many entries. Can we just point that out really quickly? Like, dang. Yes. Like, you know, I, I expected, you know, me, you, Alice, probably. <laughs> uh, and then some pledges from others that may or may never get done, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are the usual suspects, aren't there? Uh, but this one, we got quite a few entries and we're just going to see how we go with all of this we don't want to end up with a six-hour podcast which nobody will listen to no this may be a a part one nobody's going to listen to it anyway but you know if they look and see six hours as the runtime nobody's going to listen to that nobody's got time for that Can, can you have negative listeners i'm sure we could if if anybody could we could I have confidence. <laughs> so yeah, you did, yes. it, so the competition, it was paint a thing. It was. That was it. That was that was that was the premise. That was the entirety of the rules, restrictions, guidelines, provisos. Um so no color restrictions, you know, it wasn't a painted brown, wasn't a painted pink, wasn't anything like that. We just wanted to get as many people involved in a little bit of hobby as possible. So as always, when we are coercing others into a hobby, we also try to partake in said hobby as well. So we did try. We, did We're we- very trying. If there is one thing we are, <laughs> um, did we do any hobby? So I did. Uh, I was painting the Playgrats Underworlds team for Underworlds, not for Blood Bowl, not Underworlds Blood Bowl, but Underworlds Underworlds. And I got through quite a bit of them. I did not finish, I will say, because I'm 
Slack and other things were getting in the way, but I did make a good start on them. So I did the whole, you know, Zenithal. Well, it's not really Zenithal, is it? It's uh, black undercoat, dry brush gray, dry brush white. That's not Zenithal. That's Slack Drop. Yes, that one. Is, so, is it the spray from a direction? It's the, yes. Yeah, contrast mean, over the top and away you go. It is such a great way to get paint down, though. Like, it's glorious. And I think the more you do it and the more you kind of understand how it's going to play out and how the colours work and how much you need to dry brush and stuff like that, it's actually a style you can refine pretty pretty nicely. Um, So the more you do it, basically, it just gets better. Yeah, I've been doing it for a little bit now and and definitely results that I like so we've gone for it again and we've gotten to the point where the contrast is everywhere so it's just a matter of sort of layering it up now and putting the the right the finishing touches on each bit so all the Skaven they've got their green cloaks some of them are greener than others because I wanted to mix up the greens uh, weapons, bases, everything's got that start. And with that slap chop, you know, it's got definite highlights already. So all I'm going to do is just got to redefine some of those. The, the thing I had the most fun with and experimentation was the smoke because yes. a couple of them have the sensors. And I think I've talked about this already, but having different levels of green smoke, I started off with, uh, sort of wet blending a couple of contrasts together, and that didn't quite give me the the variation I wanted. So we went with the good old technical uh, Necron paint, which is a glowy paint, but stuck that down the bottom near where you know, the smoke is coming out. So smoke coming out has a brighter, sort of glowier feel than the darky stuff up the top, which I, th- I feel is maybe right. Well, it, it's the smoke is coming from a glowy spot, right? Yes, I mean so that's the intention. Been, yeah, whether so it's it, right or not, that I mean, it is me I mean, painting it after all. You, you tell me whether your anthropomorphized half-human fantasy rat sensor-wielding plague beasts are historically accurate. I think so. <laughs> so yeah that the smoke's kind of pretty much done a bit bit more layering for a bit of that and you know all the weapons are rusted up and stuff like that so definite good start and something i will be working on further down the track what about yourself so i did two things Yes, I did do two things. Um, the first one, and again, we've already spoken about this, so I'm not going to sort of bang on the point, but I did my Slan Blood Bowl team that mm-hmm. I took to Mayhem. That was the first one. Uh, and that was a fun, actually, interestingly, it was almost contrast, but the opposite approach to Slap Chop mm-hmm. in that I painted them and then I'm using contrast over the top. So what I've found is a really fun approach is to paint something, highlight it way too far, and then use contrast to sort of pull that 
extreme highlight back and blend everything back and you can kind of layer colors and stuff like that to get some fun effects so is that sort of similar to what i did with the snotling pump wagons where i yes. painted them like yellows and pinks and, and greens and just lines of different colors and then chuck contrast over the paint yeah over all that yeah yeah okay. so i mean the, the approach you know as an example with the you know pick a color any color doesn't really matter but i'm doing a lot of gold at the moment so as an example i am starting with like a brown and i'm doing yellows and stuff up to almost a white basically so it's, mm -hmm. it's just far too hot you know much and then using a combination of contrast paints to reshade it so uh bouncing between skeleton hoard snake bite leather and then eventually shish purple really in the recesses and then sometimes needs another little highlight or a touch up here or there or anything like that but it basically you paint it normally but just to the extreme and then use the contrast to pull it all back and it kind of blends itself it gets you some more interesting colors and shadows and stuff it's, it's fun and it's not because you're doing a lot of the blending over the top you don't have to be super super neat and careful okay. with blending and stuff. So it's actually pretty quick. I really enjoy painting texture. So that it's a fun approach to that because you can, again, go with almost a white or a really pale yellow or something and just paint a lot of scratched leather and stuff like that and then put the contrast over the top to give it the colour. And, again, if you're doing, like, worn leather and stuff, you don't have to be particularly neat with the contrast because you want that kind of splotchy, tea-stained kind of effect. So yep. that was that. That was the slan. There's a whole water effects bit that we've already spoken about in one of the Mayhem Prep episodes. That was them. The other one that I did was uh, a 3D printed Blood Bowl star player, Crack and I, what's his face, um, which was actually for the also you know, double dipping over here, the Agni Patreon. They're doing like a bi-monthly painting comp. Yep. So it's, you know, you print off one of the models. He dedicate, he dictates which model it is. A whole bunch of Patreons paint them up and then they yeah, everyone votes on, on their fave. I'm still not quite sure whether voting for myself is good or bad for me. That. <laughs> well, John DeLacy does it every Blood Bowl tournament we have. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, to get around that, I actually gave my wife the patreon post and let her vote and not telling her which one was mine okay and it gets me it makes me feel slightly better but also i think she's starting to recognize my work <laughs> otherwise the marriage is over yeah so is that done and dusted that competition that was done and dusted so it's the second one they've run um which has How been really go? fun yeah, look we did okay um it was, it was good fun. No, it was a little bit cheeky. I managed to win the first one, which was mm -hmm. the Old World Alliance, the coach model. Yep. And then for this one, it was the Dark Elf guy with the, the crackly mask thing. And I got a little bit carried away putting him on a rock and doing some water effects on the base. You see a theme happening here. Um, but a big, basically a big wave splashing off the rock, um, which took almost as long as painting him. Uh, and that was appropriately impressive i guess so i'm, I'm running two for two which is a little <laughs> dangerous oh dear yeah now now you've got a theme going and now you have to keep it 
don't know. I've got to work your head up the ante for next one. But anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Anyway, enough about us. Let's talk about you guys because you guys did all the work. Obviously, I didn't do very much, but uh, <laughs> uh, we got, like we said, we got quite a few entries. Uh, we have a number to talk about, so we'll, we'll get started. And if we don't go into as much depth depth as we usually do with these things, it's simply because of the number of entries that we had. Uh, so apologize in advance if we gloss over some facts, but we will do our best to gush. Yes. We should generally just apologize in advance. You know how some places have got like a, a, a warning at the start of a podcast because of explicit language or yep. adult thing? We should just do an apology at the start of everyone. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. yeah. Just general apologies for what you were about to listen to. Then kick the music. All right, cool. Yeah, so. Uh, so what we will start off with, we'll go in order of submission. Uh, but I think it's easiest to start with our one and only Facebook entry. Let's do that. Yeah. So most of our entries were posted in our Discord. If you are not in our Discord, why not? What's wrong with us? Don't you like us? Don't why is it that. us? It's not, it's not necessarily <laughs> us. No, we always go them. What's wrong with you? But now we're going, what's wrong with us? Yeah, what did we ever do? Yeah, let's go the sympathy vote. Anyway, Jared on Facebook has submitted a couple of things. The first of which is fucking huge. It's enormous. Like that's okay. So it's a war machine circle of Orboros. Orboros? Is that how you say it? I don't be sure. Storm Raptor on 120 mil base. And that's, that's a, what are the war machine things called again? God, it's been Warjack. That's right. It's been way too long since I played War Machine. Warjack and sitting next to it for scale, and it's what a quarter of the size. It it, yeah, like I mean, sure, the eagle's on a bit of a rock perched up a thing, but this thing comes to doesn't come to its feet. Yeah, like it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Anyway, he has somehow painted that whole thing. Or like all of it. All I of mean, it. he's even taken photos from different angles, so it doesn't just look like he's painted one side. <laughs> we don't know anyone that would do that, do we, Jace? No, it seems ridiculous. <laughs> I will say too, really quickly, the circle models from War Machine are possibly my favourite War Machine faction. So he's done all right. Well, just on selection alone. Um, I, a lot of the War Machine models to me look like they've skipped leg day. Yeah, yeah, uh, I understand that. Yep, that's that's not why we're here. The, the circle ones are glorious. Um, giant look, it's basically a giant bird of some description. Mm-hmm. Um, it has funky armor on his head and a little bit on his little legs to protect him from people slashing at his ankles. No, and it's a beautiful his... green that he's done too for the armor, sort yeah. of like a, like a jade sort of color. Yeah, foresty. It really ties into that whole kind of nature theme that they've got going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it's it's really neutral browns. It's really you know, it's got that kind of foresty green feel to it. The sort of whitey beige claws and everything. So it's this really kind of neutral palette. But the bit I dig is the way that he's 
with the wings and the tail, he's gone dark brown. And then there's this big sort of light tan section and then back into the dark brown as well. So it just stops those huge areas looking really kind of samey. It gives it some interest. It gives it some detail. And there's a little bit of you know, big tan and then it kind of just does a really quick fade into the darker brown as well. Yeah, I mean, the browns were beautiful and absolutely the right choice for this model as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, what he's done with the differences of the browns, like the the wings on the inside are going pretty much from light to dark, but yeah, there's you know difference in the tail for sure. And I'm just trying to bring up a picture of the back of the wings if I can, if there is. No, oh, maybe dearly paint one side, cheeky. No, <laughs> no there's, there's definitely like just the gradients in the browns that he's used, not only in the wings but also in the legs and the body and the the face of the, yeah. the bird as well. Yeah, it's as I said, any one of those models like that where you've got a huge area of the same thing, if you don't do something. To, to break it up a little bit. Like they can look pretty flat and pretty samey and pretty dull, but this is the perfect balance of not doing something like he's not making it a rainbow lorikeet. Like it stays in the theme, it stays nice and neutral, but it just gives it enough variation to keep it really interesting and really dynamic looking and kind of gives you the, it adds to the kind of movement of the, the model as well. It's a very dynamic model. It's kind of pretty. I kind of like it. Stupid. I don't need that in my life. Um, I'll also have to shout out the 8 billion different things he's put on the base. Um, yeah, the so, base is incredible. Plus the, the rock itself just you know makes it look like this bird is in mid-flight. Massive shout out to not just piling a bunch of cork and saying there it looks like rock. Like he's actually done some work to texture it, to, to finish it and everything. So it does, you know, it gives the illusion of, of a rock but it's a big rock and it's clearly a rock made out of some foam or something, I don't know, that he's then textured over the top. But actual sticks, underrated modelling supplies right there, um, and then a whole bunch of different clump foliages and stuff, which, again, just, just add to the the realism, I suppose. It, it's got a really kind of, it, again, it just ties into that kind of natural theme, like it feels organic. Yeah, the base having having those different types of foliage, having the sticks like the sticks is a you know work of genius here, but also just having the dirt as well. So it's not just foliage; it's not just you know fallen over trees or whatever they are. There's you know there's this big sort of gap in the in the base where something's happened. Little rocks there on the side. It, it all looks very natural and something that you would see if, you know, you were standing underneath a giant bird thing. Correct. And it feels like we are all standing under a giant bird thing with a bird thing that is that bloody big. But not to be outdone with just a bird thing. He went, bugger it, I can do some more here. And he's done a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So there's some wolf riders. Yep. Again, I don't actually know what any of these things are. Um, and some other little little dudes kicking along. But they're all they're all done in the same sort of style too, which really ties it in with you know there's some greens and browns in some of them. 
which brings the army together if they're part of the same army. Yeah. It's a savage beastman type looking guy or a guy with a helmet. There's a cool little snake guy too. I like him. He's a snake guy. Or snake her. Guy. Yeah. Like her. Sure. Um, and again, that consistency of basing, particularly when you're doing like an army or, a, you know, a, a combined force of some description, right? Just having consistent basing between models means that you can paint things slightly differently or they can have differences and they can be different units and stuff, but it actually ties the whole lot together brilliantly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really feel like just the effort he's putting into all of the basing as well as getting so much done um, means you throw that down on the table and you could be you could have painted this stuff a year apart and it's going to look consistent. Um, but he hasn't. He's painted it all in a bloody month, and it's it's a lot. I'm trying to work out how many models, but I can't work out which one's which exactly. But there's several is the model of the there's story. There's more than two. There is. There is at least six, and there is maybe nine, and there is possibly more. I think there's six different wolf riders at least. There's the snake yeah. person and the other two people, and... But this is this is a an awesome effort, and you know, just hopefully by entering this paint event, you know, it's given him a bit of a uh, motivation to finish, you know, yeah. do a bit on on whichever army he's working on, which is the whole point of yeah. what we're trying to do. I'm really not interested in anyone who's making me vaguely interested in War Machine models. That's that's the moral <laughs> of the story here. I've still got my War Machine models. So. I, I know. I have always I have managed to avoid that one. Um, I think way back when I was doing, I was demoing for it when it first came out. You should talk to, to the Nerd Fairy. He is a War Machine fiend. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played it, though. <laughs> but I still have my, my death chickens. Did they also skip leg day? They had skipped metal leg day. Yeah, say. okay. Yeah, but yeah, no, awesome work, awesome work on these guys, and um, thank you very much for posting in the Facebook and making it look like people actually did stuff. Yay, publicity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving on, we will move on to Discord, and I thought we'd go in order of sort of, you know, completed models, let's say. Which means we have to start with Snowman Dan. He was the first person to complete a thing for the paint event. Uh, But he didn't stop and he just kept painting more and more things. Well, he didn't paint more things. No, he he painted more models. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about them to an extent. And we only have so much time. The guy yes. posted, like, he ended up completing. I don't, I don't have count. I do have count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight models. That's that's too many. In Particularly when sizes and They're and all styles. different. Yeah. It's like I got bored painting this, so I just went and painted this other thing, and then I came back to it and I finished that, and then I went, yeah. <laughs> anyway, starting off in the paint a thing, event he has literally literally it is it is a thing in that it is 
a a severed hand walking on its little fingertips. Now I've got a feeling this is maybe an Evil Dead model. Okay. From Ash's severed hand in the film, because it's, I mean, it's definitely a severed hand, which I don't believe Thing was. I think Thing was just a hand. Just that, yeah, but also this is very sort of almost zombified, plagified something. It's yeah. not quite right. The skin on this is just incredible, like the, the really withered sort of colours, even like the, the flesh itself, but even the 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 bloody parts and when yeah. the skin's sort of breaking apart, it's not, you know, this has not just happened. This has been a long time coming. No, the bit I really dig with this out of everything right is the fact that around the fingernails the fingernails are this funky yellow like they've been kicking around for a long time and they've been walking on but around them like the cuticles and everything are like black Mm -hmm. it's this really kind of unnatural definitely not alive definitely not something you want to touch in any kind of intimate fashion um it's that detail. I did. He's literally done each fingernail, but then the cuticle around each fingernail in this funky, decayed black colour. That's, yeah, it's a hand guy. It's and I assume it's not a big hand. No, no. If it's what I'm thinking, it is. It's not a big model. Uh, but Dan is such an incredible painter to get that sort of detail into this, and not only the detail, but like the the model tells a story. Like, you know that this hand has been wandering around on its fingers for quite some time and uh, terrorising it, it is. People. It has done things for money that it did not want to do for money. <laughs> um, but moving on from the creepy hand is possibly the most adorable model on the face of the earth. It's it is, a penguin. It's a penguin, but it's a penguin in a top hat clearly waiting for a train or going on some kind of trip. He's got a little briefcase. He's got his little hat. It is, he has his little white feathers on his front are actually detailed out with like little, little feather strokes. He's got a little bit of yellow around. He's like, it is, it is so obviously emperor penguin style, which are bigger than I thought they would be when you see them in real life. Yes, yes, they are big creatures. Bloody huge! They're ter- like they're actually terrifying, but not this one. This one is adorable. The colours that he's used are just like it just really, really works. So the, the green on the hat with the little red uh, patch and the is it a purple purple sash kind of deal? Yep. Um. Yeah, just and then the white, but it's not quite white. It's no. just. And equally, the yellow is not like a bright, in-your-face, stupid yellow. It's it's penguin yellow. Like, I don't know what else we call it. <laughs> but it's, it is the right colour. That's what it says yeah. on the uh, on the. I'm top. pretty sure they don't sell penguin yellow. So I, am, I, again, and this will become a theme, I think, with Dan's work as we work through a couple of them. I don't think there's a whole lot of just get the colour out of the pot and put it on the model. I have a feeling there's a lot of just experimentation with, I'm just going to add a little bit of column A into column B and see what comes out. I've I've seen 
Dan's Paint Station. And each time I've seen it, it's been very full. Kind of like what yours probably is, like just paints everywhere and, and models everywhere. And uh, But my God, he does such impressive work. And the, the, the one theme, theme that I've got going through all of these things were, uh, you know, the, the vivid colours that he's chosen for all of the models are just, they just seem to work. Yeah. There's, and it's not, so they are vivid colours there, but it's not hyper bright. Like it's not ridiculously oversaturated in your face colours, but when you put them together next to all the other colours he's using, it's bright. Like that green is not a particularly bright green. The yellow is not a particularly bright in-your-face yellow, but next to the neutral blacks and greys and whites and browns and stuff, they are the brightest thing there. And I think there's a really clever kind of element of using colours next to each other to make them stand out rather than just finding the brightest, most intense colours you can. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely put a lot of thought into what colour to put where. Well, even worse, he hasn't, and he's just a jerk that does this naturally. Yeah. yeah, that could be the case too. <laughs> All right, which of his others do we want to go to next? Because there's a few. I mean, there's a barn. There is a barn. It is no swimming pool. I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> then there was, there were two that he did which were fairly similar. So there's the barman and the, the bar wench. And I did, I don't know where they're from. Because knowing Dan, a lot of Dan's models tend to be from board games. These do have a definite board game vibe to them. And they definitely, the way that he's done both the the bar man and the bar not man, they're in similar sort of colours. They tie well together and they make it look like they could very well be working at the same establishment. Yeah, they're definitely hanging out together. Serving drinks, pouring beers, haven't living their best life in a very similar space. And again, you throw them down on a. I can't believe the man paints board game figures. Step one. Yeah, I know. Like he's nuts. Paints them to that standard. Step two. Um, but again, consistency, the style, the overall color scheme, the everything you throw like. I feel like you don't go and paint a board game worth of models. And if Dan's posting is anything to go by, right, it, it's not a, a linear, disciplined process in that I'm going to paint all of the models from this game and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to do that. Like it's, I'm going to do this one and then I'm going to go over there and then I'm going to come over here and paint this other thing. And consistency of style and consistency of finish and, and colour choices and everything, I could not bounce between projects like that and come up with a consistent result the way that he does where you're putting models in a game together and they look like they go together. Yeah. And the, the, the detail that he's gone to, I mean, the, the woman's holding a platter of like cheese and meat and drinks and stuff and it all looks edible. He painted the cheese and drinks and meat and things. Yeah. And the you know the colouring and the folds on the the dress and the the outfit that the gentleman's wearing and it's just 
the amount of detail that he goes into you know on these obviously not large models yes then we'll consistently post photos of the back the front and each side i know right (laughs) showing off all right Couple other ones to quickly touch on. Uh, Eddie from Iron Maiden. Yes. Uh, I'm very jealous about this model, just first off, but it uh, it's points from me because it's Iron Maiden. But that looks like the album cover to me. It's got the yellow coming out of the ground. It's, you know, the blue ground and the, the desaturated Eddie with the lightning going across between the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's all of the right things, right? You, like you look at that and you go, "I know exactly what this is, where it's from, what's going on." Um, while we're talking, kind of hoping this isn't the zombie side Iron Maiden set because I never ended up buying that. I'm very disappointed. Uh oh. Mm. Um, other notable mentions. I assume this is what the hell is the board game I'm thinking of? It's terrifying. Um, but the, the creepy baby monster thing with the light. Oh, yes. The bigger model that he did. I don't know what it is. Kingdom Death. That's what I was thinking. Okay. but I is... assume it's from Kingdom Death. It is very Kingdom Death. It is a, a four-legged naked bulldog with a baby's face and one of those deep-sea fish light things off its forehead. I like the deep sea, the the thing on the forehead. Like that's just such a a cool little addition to this model. I'm just trying to find the model now, scrolling up and down. There we are. Um, but it gives it gives Dan that opportunity to have a light source on the model. Yeah. Also, it's very just as far as a model goes. It's a very cool idea. It's of hey, you know, look at this light. Step into this light. In which case, my big mouth with my eight or so little baby arms. <laughs> it's the creepiest thing. Like, whoever designs these things, seriously, I hope they have the right therapist. Um, but a few things between, apart from just the sheer creepiness of this model that will give me nightmares, um, I really dig the the light effect he's done. So he's done the little kind of deep sea fish light thing, right? But he hasn't mm-hmm. gone again a billion, you know, he hasn't turned it up to 11. The light effect is actually really, really subtle, but it's enough that you get some shadow at the back. The face is noticeably brighter. It's that little bit of blue-ish from the light, but not, again, hardly. Um, it It's... All of the right subtle with it without being too subtle that you lose the effect, or it's very good photography. It's just enough light to to give you an idea of this huge gaping maw that's coming at you. I know, right? And you can only imagine that right before that was a little light and this innocent looking baby. With the other thing I really dig on this is the eyes, actually, which are just black, but. That was the correct choice. Yes. Yeah, no, the eyes make a lot about this, about this model for me. The whole model itself is just incredible. 
the skin tone. Especially the way he's of, done it. Yeah, it's really kind of pallid, not, I haven't seen light in forever kind of skin tone, which absolutely makes sense. Um, yeah, all of the right things in the creepiest model possible. It's weird and I kind of want one, but I don't. It's got hands for feet. Like at least the fr- near the front feet are hands. Yeah. But not only that, but way at the back there, you see the, the back oh, shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a ball sack hanging down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boy. Um, yes. Whoever and then, designed this model is sort of everything. They have not left a detail. There is not a stone unturned. Um, and then I will just say Nernies because some idiot decided to try non-metallic metal on another model. And the post, and I quote, which fool thought it was a good idea to try non-metallic metals? I should punch them in the face. Uh, Nernies. That was actually a really rough model to start on, though. In, in my defense, it's a little kind of armored fencer guy that he's done. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was probably a really rough, rough start. But anyway, yeah, nannies. I just wanted to make him feel bad about himself after all that. Yeah, but can I talk about Trapjaw just quickly? All right, we'll talk about Trapjaw because Trapjaw is my favorite, and he's painted Trapjaw as well. And it is just the right. And firstly, it's the right trapdoor colors. It's not none of this, you know, light green skin, horrible alternate coloring that some toys and stuff have. It's the blue and it's the sort of pinky purple, the green. Like everything is just spot on color wise for this for me. This is appropriately historically accurate. Absolutely. Yeah, pinky okay. red. For me, it is. <laughs> So it just, yeah, no. Trap draw, instant win. We can stop recording. Okay. That's, that's dangerous if we just announce. No, we haven't announced anything. That's that's no. dirty rotten lie. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right. So moving on from Dan, finally, stop posting everything, Dan. Thank you very much. Well, I know. Don't stop posting everything, but can you just stop making the rest of us feel bad? Yes. That if you too. can just adjust our feelings, that would be great. <laughs> yes, correct us for us. Uh, Ant. Ant. So Ant, in perfect TCG style, has painted a Blood Bowl player. Correct. All right. And everything about this player is correct in that he's a Chaos player, absolutely the right player to paint. He is Lord Borak who is the coolest Chaos Star player. Again, absolutely correct. That is that is a contentious point. Mm-hmm. In a world of like Grashnak, in a world of, oh, what's his face with the, the noble guy with the, who's that guy that you played? Balrot from the Yeah, that, one, that yep. guy. There's, there's the Spanish guy, Loot Grip. Yep. Borak is the most famous. Okay, the most as far famous. As, the, as far as the lore goes. Oh, yeah, no, most famous, yeah. sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm not 100% sure if Ant has finished this. because The last the, post we got said getting there. Yes. 
And it is most definitely getting there. It is getting there in all the right colors too. It's the black red for chaos. There's a lot of bony colors. Um, everything pretty, looks like it's definitely on the right track. I'm pretty sure he took it to Mayhem, so I'm relatively sure he did finish, but the first he did, did not. No. So Ant, post us a pic of the finished model, please, mate, because this this guy, I'm excited. I like him, and he's chaos. Everything about him is the way that it should be. And it is really like a, I think this is the G-Dub model. This is the official one. Yeah, it's the Ford Club one. Everything about it is old school G-Dub chaos. Like there's giant shoulder pads with a skull on it. There's there's the horned helmet with the spikes around them that are joined by another skull at the top. Like it is literally everything G-Dub ever wanted to be in model form. Agreed. And you know, for a Forge World model too, it's not a bad model. Some of their some of their star players are very questionable. I know, oh, right? But I am just this is timeless. Like this could have been released yesterday or in nineteen eighty six. Yeah. It's definitely got that look, doesn't it? Yeah, I love it. It's it is perfect. It's timeless. But this is also coming from someone who earlier this week said the original Nagash model is possibly the best model the GW has ever done. So you what take that information. Nag- what does the original Nagash model look like? Surely it's like a quarter of the size of what it was. Oh, yeah, it is, absolutely. He fit on like a 40 mil base. <laughs> um, but it's possibly, Google that, it is maybe the best model that they've ever done. All right, all right, let's. Next to the original Tyranid Warriors. <laughs> all right um, potentially we should stop talking now because oh okay I oh. yeah it's the best he's different he's, he's great I would <laughs> anyhow we're not here to talk about him or other timeless classic models except the one that Ant <laughs> painted which is glorious but currently unfinished which is why we're not going to go into further detail well done, Ed. Uh, so, next up, we have the new kid on the block, Mr. Yuri. New, but in no way means the least frantic in his painting attempts. Like, you'll talk about specific things aside. He has painted more in the last month than I've painted all year, I'm pretty sure. Yuri, I've known Yuri for, I think it's been about 20 years, right? And this is the most, I I think this is more in this last month or so that he's painted than he has ever painted before. Like he has gone hell bent for leather on these. He's got his hands on some of the speed paints from, it was Army Painter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden he's realized what these paints can do and how much time they can cut out of painting, especially when you, you know, you're not at a Jace level, let's say, which very few of us are, but George has just gone. He's gone into painting the way he's gone into blood bowl. 
Which is the best way. <laughs> Which is, I haven't done this, but now I'm going to do all of it. <laughs> In fact, I now will focus my life solely on the pursuit of Blood Bowl and everything else will be peripheral. Uh, it's the best. I like from, from zero to a hundred. Yeah, like the Lamborghini over here. Uh, <laughs> uh you look, I uh, I love you, George. Is just you've yeah, you've driven headfirst at this this wall of painting with absolutely no brakes. And my God, you like we've got three that we're going to talk about, uh, and that's simply because those are the three that he posted in the painting events discord channel i think he posted another 30 hundred in the hobby progress channel yeah in the same time frame yeah we're not counting those are in the wrong channel yeah exactly but like the the dedication and the um enthusiasm that he has had for this has been absolutely uh addictive and contagious Absolutely. You just see see the momentum and you kind of want to be part of it. It's the best. Um, So if we go through first model here, I've got the Ogre. Yes. The Ogre. So the Ogre is the standard Blood Bowl Ogre that comes with the base set. Yeah. And what Yuri's done is, I think, for me, he's chosen some really good colors for these. So the skin is definitely a nice skin color. The the armor, there's bits of green and looks like, I'm just trying to see, does that give me a better shot? Looks like browns. It's got yellow for the shoes. Like the model itself works. Absolutely. It, it looks savage, right? It looks like it is mid blood bowl game it's not one of these pretty taking the photo at the start of the game type models right this is this is two-thirds through a game after someone's been standing on the line of scrimmage a little bit too long and he's not happy about it um so the armor is properly like it's not pretty pristine it is pretty beaten up um but that works on so many levels uh there is a huge i think there's a bit of a a helmet and a big old pool of blood at his feet so he's clearly been busy i mean that's that's an ogre's job really Mm -hmm. uh which is glorious but even little things like it's a bit of a like a snowy kind of base and there's snow on the ogre as well and like the the shoulder or the arm and stuff so Mm -hmm. it actually it really breaks that idea of I'm a model standing on a base and I'm I'm now part of the atmosphere. It's snowing. It, and that's the the little difference that that makes. Yeah, it really it really makes a scene out of the the model as a whole rather than the model on a base. Absolutely correct. Yeah, look, it's it's an and, impressive piece of work. And this was number 1 out of the gate after not having seen paint anything at all mm-hmm. he's just been like right here's number one and then rapidly after <laughs> number one and i don't know how much time he's actually spending on these but it feels like no time at all to get these results it's, it's, it is impressive um because he did yoga 
then he pledged the, the bias rats, mm-hmm. which one of the few times I've ever seen anybody paint these. Yes. <laughs> True. Uh, I haven't. They're still sitting on sprue, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I think I put mine together. I think that's as far as I got. No, nah, you went up on me. <laughs> uh, they they were definitely done. Where there they are. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's it's the joy of, and you can see where he's been like, actually, I see how speed paints kind of work, and I can lean into this, and all of a sudden there's, there's shading and there's definition and there's you know, all this kind of awesome stuff um, without having to spend 80 billion years doing this. I really dig the ALF, the, the bit that gets me right, the ALF, it's that classic kind of light bluey kind of robe situation. He's holding up his red card, but it's the purple feather he's, he's got. He's yeah. holding that quill and it is just the right colour of overly pretentious purple. Yep. It, it, it's elven. If anyone is, is having that colour, it, it is an elf. Absolutely. Like the, again, he's chosen some really good colors. The, the dwarf with the, the brown beard and the red shirt, um, the elf with the, the blue and the yellow, the blonde hair, the quill against the red card. Like the colors are, are pretty spot on for what they, well, not what they should be, but what looks right. You know, it, it, obviously, <laughs> these are models, these are your interpretation. Paint them however the hell you want. But, it looks like this is an actual character. The, yeah, the colours chosen kind of add to the story of the character and you can tell more about what is going on around their little world because of the colours that he's chosen. I think that's the bit that I really dig. I really like, again, with the dwarf that you've got your kind of earthy, you know, skin tone. You've got this red shirt. You've got this kind of ready red. He's this... He's this Fundamentally, all of those colours have got a, a heavy red influence to them, whether it's the ready brownie orange, the skin colours, um, which is basically an orange with some, uh, the red shirt. Like he, like he looks earthy. He looks close to the ground appropriately. He look, you know, it just gives you a little bit more insight into that character as well. Um, and then the contrast of that to have the little red dwarf and this massive kind of blue cape on the, yep. the elf. Again, you put them next to each other, it, it's happy days. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, the other one that he's done was literally... Finished my ogre pledge on the 21st of September. 23rd at 10.15, he said, I also pledge these minis, and it's the Highlander minis from the dual game. That's at 10.15. At 11.41. <laughs> Less than two hours, and he's done. All three models. Fuck off. So these are the ones I really want to talk about because, I mean, yeah, I can talk about Blood Bowl a lot. We've been there. We've done that. Um, But for me, where Yuri's painting really shone was with these ones. These ones to me looked totally appropriate. 
Connor McLeod looks like Connor McLeod. You know, the cloak, even it's just a, a sort of a brown speed paint over the cloak, but the cloak looks like a cloak. It looks, it, it's know. got a real natural finish to it. I, I don't know what colour it is. I'm not going to pretend, and I don't know how he's applied it or whether there's layers or anything in there, but you get a real sense that this is a natural material based on the colour chosen. Like it, it's not, a again, a super bright saturated brown. It's not an orange or a, a funky colour that you wouldn't. Like it, it lends itself to being exactly what it reads. Mm. Um, you know, equally the, the skin colour he's chosen is a little bit sort of not darker but it, it, it's a little bit less clean, pristine, super pale. I mean, the guy's still Scottish, right? But yeah. um, he, he ain't tanned, but he's clearly been out in the, the sun whacking dudes with a big old sword for a little bit too long. So it, it gives some story and some context to it. Um, they're cool models, eh? They're really nice models. I was, yeah, I don't know this game and I, I do, I mean, I love Highlander. I was thinking about going back and watching it again recently, but I don't know how well it holds up with the um, special effects. I mean, almost as well as Mortal Kombat 2, but that was an underrated movie in its time. Hmm. I mean, I loved Highlander, the first one. I watched it so many times. You know, Connor yeah. McLeod or the Clan McLeod. And, you know, the second one... I don't know if that really existed or not, but the third one I didn't mind. Um, but then yeah, there was a whole lot... series after that, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah I think ahead. there was a fourth film as well. Yeah. But the the models themselves look amazing. The sword that he's done, very simple, but spot on. Like the is exactly what it says on the tin, right? Yeah, and you know the sword, you recognize the sword just based on that. You don't need anything else. It's glorious. Yeah, just sticking out of a big old rock there, and you know the the hilt and and everything. It looks like exactly what it should be. Yeah. Uh, the third model, the Kurgan, that is just spot on. It is color wise. It just you know you, the hel the it's not a helmet per se. It's sort yeah. of a mask uh, helmet thing. Bony little face wear situation. Yeah. Yeah, the dark cloak, the armor, it all looks right. Again, yeah. I haven't seen the film for a while, but to me that looks like what I yeah. remember it. Would would buy. Um it's it's that balance too of not like everything looks realistic as well. And it's hard, right? When you've got mm. all these natural kind of muted neutral colours, the browns, the greys, the blacks, the all that kind of stuff. But what he's managed to do is put enough highlights in all the right places that the model is still more than readable. It yeah. still looks exactly what it does, but it, it looks like this natural kind of, you know, again, we've been standing in a field whacking a dude with a sword for a while. With a sword, yep. With a sword. Yep. <laughs> standing in a field whacking I each mean, other. I mean, I mean. In a sword fight. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. We could get into Highlander and we could talk about anyway. Let's not do 
Um, yeah, these models, this is these three are the highlights for me, for him. They're um, the high landers. They're the high landed lights. Yes. Sure. That uh, doesn't work. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> anyway, what I want to say to George, though, is like the speed paint's working perfectly for you, mate. What I would just be a bit careful with is there's a couple of instances where, uh, and the trick to speed paints is keeping them separate because they do tend to overlap each other a bit and you get like the, is it whatever you painted last really, isn't it? Yeah, so they kind of bleed Doesn't a little it? bit and yeah. because also because they're transparent naturally, right? You can't cover like you can... Yep. with just regular acrylic paint, which is naturally kind of opaque. These things will always show the thing underneath, which can be a real benefit, right? If you oh, want absolutely. to start creating some shades and some shadows and some stuff like that, you can do that intentionally. Um, but if you want those clean lines of definition, you either have to get it right the first time or actually go back with whatever your base color, your undercoat color is and, and tidy up before going to the next one. Um, it, it's tricky. I also find speed paints and, and contrast and that kind of stuff, it almost makes more sense to go opposite in that you paint from your lightest colour to your darkest. Mm -hmm. And I yep. find that helps because you can generally cover the light colours with the darker, next darker layer mm -hmm. if you happen to, to miss up a spot rather than you do like a, a dark blue and then you do a yellow over the top and there's not a chance in how you're covering that blue with the yellow if you happen to go outside the lines. Yeah. So, you know, just as an example, the elf holding up the red card, he, he has a couple of red fingers as well. Now, that may be because he's been dipping them in something that he shouldn't have been dipping. Right. I was, yeah. But um, what I'd love to see from George now is he's got the contrast or the speed paints down. Like, he knows what they do. He's churned out enough models with them to to really know how to use them and really know what to do with them. If you have some standard paints, George, like start layering up over the contrast paints because that, that's what I found. And I've talked about this, like with the Skaven models, having that contrast paint on and then just sort of even just adding a highlight over the top doesn't take an awful lot of time, but it just accentuates what the contrast or the speed paints give you. Um, and I'd love to see what you can do with that. Glorious. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited to see more because he's been doing so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I dig it. Like, he has been like just doing whole Blood Bowl teams at drop of a hat, really. Voracious. Yeah. What did he post today? It was a dwarf team today. Was it today or yesterday? Was it the leprechauns? No, standard dwarfs, I thought. Okay. Anyway, there may anyway. have been another one in that time. Anyway, <laughs> maybe awesome work, Yuri. Um, moving on. Next up, we have Dylan. We do, and, and Dylan we... actually painted something. I was surprised. Um, and not only that, but we, when we were having a chat about the concept of this event 
and the fact that we would keep it completely unrestricted, we were having a giggle to ourselves about what if someone decided to, you know, post the painting of their house renovations or something completely unrelated to the hobby. And we thought that we weren't going to say anything. We didn't want to, you know, specifically call it out or, um, you know, anything like that. But within the, the guidelines that we posted, paint a thing. Like, give us a picture of a thing before you paint it and then after. And we don't care what the thing is. And in true Dylan fashion, he really saw that to the heart of that concept. If there's anyone that's going to see through that and, and come to the same conclusions that we did, it's going to be Dylan. Anything for, like, some sort of uh, loophole? Yeah. <laughs> Or even just something that, that he will have a laugh at that. Even if he's the only one laughing, he will do it. And that's what I love about Dill. So, yeah, he's got a before and after picture. It, it meets all of the, the regulations I had. Mm-hmm. He has painted a wall. For context, Dylan has been selling his house. Or, you know, his house is currently or previously on the market, depending on when you're listening to this. And so at some stage there, he decided that for said real estate photos and everything, he would do a little bit of work and, and do some painting. So what we have is a photo of a wall. The wall has a bunch of plaster that's been stopped up and, and, and gap filled and all that jazz. It's got a, uh, a window in the middle of it where they've removed the frame so they can paint that separately. Uh, and it's got some little shiplap situations down below, but it is in a state of definitely needing some paint. And then directly it's after that. It's painted. It is a thing that has been painted, and it, it is a, a lovely kind of off-white, a stucco, a mother of pearl, a beige. It's one of those. I'm not sure exactly which one of those, but it's definitely one of those. Yeah, I mean, okay. he's just posted the wall, but technically, you can even see it like the the side part's been done, and the little mantelpiece on the side, and the wall next to it that's been done as well. He's he's put a lot of Above work into it. and beyond his pledge, and that's really what we want from <laughs> anyone. Um, I will say, I, I learned this when when doing final inspections for the, the house when we built it is. He's done the right thing in his photography too in that when you're you're viewing the, and, and, and critiquing the painting of a wall, you need to be directly in front of it. Uh, you know, you know, let it look sideways too far. We've, I've got you know, lots of words from our builder about, I'm like, what's that? Is that even? So he's like, you know, let it look that way. You've got to look straight ahead. Mm-hmm. If it is far away from the wall, you have to look directly at it, and that's exactly what we've got in our photos. So he's clearly taken that lesson away. Um, he's done all of all of the right wall things and i can only assume that this will not only put him in good stead for this event but guarantee raise the the, the asking price of the house i mean it's a much prettier wall than it used to be yeah yeah that whole kind of dalmatian plasterboard thing isn't really my jam either could use a little bit more blood for the blood god 
I mean, apart from that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what you want to see when you're buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> Just red rum across. Yeah. yeah anyway. <laughs> but no, perfect. A perfect looking wall, and it's a wall that I would be happy to own. So if you're selling be, the wall yeah. by itself, Jill, let me know. Yeah. Okay. Splits. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So, keeping with the theme of the previous uh, entry, we've got Jared. We we do have Jared. He has painted not just one thing, but at least five things. At least, at least, potentially more. Awkwardly, I don't think we got a before picture. Mm, no, I don't think we did. Awkward. We definitely have an after picture. Now, if we assume that these were painted specifically for the event in the due right time frame and this isn't just a photoshopped picture from, you know, three years ago, uh, which are both plausible, let's be clear. <laughs> he has indeed painted things, and those things, like the very first things that we talked about, is a hand, and specifically the nails attached to the fingers attached to the hand. Yeah, the hand hasn't been painted. No, the much. hand is is mostly devoid of paint. Mostly, but the uh, the nails are definitely done. And I must say, I mean, how does this compare to your your nail painting? I am getting better. It turns out having a five year old increases both my ability to paint nails but also my frustration with the quality of brushes in nail polishes that is very true very true but do you paint your own or do you just paint paint your five-year-olds i haven't done mine for years to be honest it's been a long time but i am that kind of anal retentive person that then has to pick all the excess paint off the cuticle and around the edges and stuff like that because it's oh, just of course yeah, uh, I will say, I think he has chosen my favorite. Like he's chosen my favorite color. It's a very nice color, and it's. It, I think it's very similar to the the shade that the wife currently has as well, which is confusing. If I was going to, <laughs> there is so no. We're gonna we're gonna leave that one because I I went down about seven different rabbit holes in my brain just then. <laughs> Uh, so this, if we were going to color match this with any hobby paint ever out there, that would come out as P3 coal black. And it is the greatest color ever. Because it's not a black, is it? It's not. It's a sort of desaturated Prussian blue kind of situation. Um but it is the best base, so heads up, it is the best base colour for any kind of metallic steel. Okay. If you're going to do a non-metallic metal, that is the colour you want to start with. It is, yeah, it is a really nice colour. And, you know, from, from experience, and I, I tend to paint my nails every couple of weeks or so just because... Yeah, it annoys. It didn't. Yeah, boredom, and it annoys the right kind of people that you want to annoy. It, it does do that. That is true. Um, yeah, yeah. I had some crazy lady in the street a couple of weeks ago going, well, 
why have you painted your nails? I'm like, why not? <laughs> why have you? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do tend to leave my nail polish on, and I like the chipped version, so I don't tend to leave it on until it gets, you know, chipped away more than actual paint. And then I start again. But enough about that. Jared's nails. It's a very pretty hand. It is. I do notice that he is posted. Now, I'm assuming that Jared is right-handed, um, only because that's the majority of the population, yeah. right? So what yeah. he's done is very clever, and he's posted the left hand. Yes. Doing your right hand takes an awful lot of work. It's so much it harder. Takes, it is, yes. But it, he has posted a picture of a very pretty hand that would, I'm, I'm assuming, make me look very big. No, Jared's pretty tall. I feel like um, I don't know. Well, at least a photo on my yeah, about the same right. Yeah, it turns, it turns out when you're looking at this on your watch, uh, <laughs> I um, almost fit. No, <laughs> um, no, glorious, even coverage, smooth results, happy days. As I said, a little bit cleaner. Yeah, we can get there. But uh, I even really enjoy the kind of the pose he's given, which is a real grippy kind of pose. He's, yeah. There's definite, there is there is insinuation <laughs> and great color. What more yes. can you ask for? No, awesome. So that is what one, two, three, four, five, six, six people. Shall we call it there for this episode? I think that is a good spot. Grippy yeah. and colourful is a good spot to pause and then we can regroup, recalibrate and refocus on the remaining of the, the entries in a follow-up episode when we can do the final announcements, the, the you know, accolades and, and celebrations, and then we can all move on with our lives. Yes, because we've got so much more coming, so much exciting stuff coming, and we need to talk about that too. We I do. have so much I want to talk about, but we will leave it there for tonight. Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody that entered and um, you know, especially those people that we've talked about, the other people we shall talk about next episode. But there are a couple of things I want to mention before we head off. Why So Serious 2? It's coming very quickly. <laughs> so much faster than I realized. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of panic in your voice when you realized. It's uh, you know, less than two weeks away. So we will not sell out like we can fit hundreds of people, hundreds and thousands of people. We, we can fit we more people. We could fit 142 people into that venue if we needed to. Is just that pick actual? That, pick, or, I just picked that number at random. Right. No, it seems um, about right. So if you are vaguely entertaining the thought, there is still time. You can still get a ticket. We will definitely accept you. We want the more as many people as possible. The more players, the better it will go. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be really crazy. Yeah. I can't wait to see people's reactions on the day and you know, the, the thoughts behind the rounds that we have in mind. I just I want to see the silliness that people do. Like we're we're encouraging people to come with themes and costumes and like I just want to see who who takes it to the next level. 
Yes. I'm starting to see teams. I'm starting to see rosters come in. I yep. am starting to see team progress shots as people are painting things. I feel like the, all of this is just, it warms the cockles and I am so excited. And this just turns that up a whole other, you know, by a factor of. Absolutely. Like this is, I am so excited about why so serious in general. Uh, but you know, it's, it's coming up. It's just around the corner and I cannot wait. I really can't. It's going to be something special. Is this when you got that silly pants rule? You have to wear them. Uh, I haven't read anything okay, or heard anything. Cool. All right. It, the venue does have food and alcohol. Life is good. Yes, yes. Anyway, 2nd of December. So still a little bit of time for the craziest Blood Bowl event that you will be attending, you will ever attend this year. I, I did a quick little collation of the, the player swag pack mm-hmm. this week. Yep, yep, I saw that photo. I I feel like I should share that in, in places because I don't know if there is a one-day Blood Bowl 7s event that just for showing up, you get so much shit to take home, uh, so much really good shit too. Like it's not just we're giving it away some you know stuff, some rocks my kids brought home from daycare or something. No, this is actually good stuff. Like... You get you just pay the money to yeah, show up. It's worth it. Yeah, we are we are. I mean, this is the the whole thing that I like about tournaments, and you know, I never expect to to do well if I go to a tournament. So for me, it's all about the stuff I get, and that's important to me that all our players will walk away with with some cool stuff, and that's what we try to do for all of our tournaments. So. Yeah, the coins, the dice, so much cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also on that is we do have our end-of-year giveaway. So there is a post on Facebook. It is pretty much the last post that we've done. And it is a very, very simple competition. So you have the option, if you win this competition you have the option behind between a copy of star wars shatterpoint a copy of hero quest or a copy of marvel zombies and all you need to do is to like a post and tag someone you have to do both specifically that post with yes. the competition and and tag someone in the comments of that post Let's be really specific here. But that's it. That's all you need to do. And then you're in the draw. And that will be run uh, very early January. I will run that. And one person will walk away and get that choice. So that's it. That's all we have to do. How easy is that? Look, if, if you really, really are excited by that idea, People who show up to our tournaments, they're extra special. They are. So 
this is our end of year giveaway and we we like to make it big we did a big one last year and we we wanted to do the same again and we will celebrate everybody that has come on this journey this year with us so if you have attended one of our tournaments if you have entered one of our paint events um, you will get extra entries for each one of those that you've been to all you need to do is that original like and share or like and tag it's not even share that's it that's all we ask it's not too hard no even you can do it i think i did (laughs) no i didn't (laughs) i mean i posted the original one i didn't because i still can't decide which one i would choose to be honest this is a dilemma I feel like that that choice is almost paralyzing. Um, They're all, I mean, I've played HeroQuest a lot and it's fantastic. It's just the game I remember. I have not played Shadowpoint and I have not played Marvel Zombies, but I am itching to play both of them and I own both of them. So I am, I mean, Zombie, Marvel Zombies is Zombicide with superheroes and Zombicide is an awesome, awesome game. There is nothing bad that can come of that combination. No, no, nothing at all. Apart from the fact that there's now a DC one coming. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine on the Kickstarter. There it was, was like just the, the one day box. It showed up. It was the best. Uh-huh. There was one box. It was one pledge. It was easy. Now there's like three other boxes I could potentially add on. And I don't know where to stop. Help. Uh, yeah, I don't you, know, know. you know that if help is the one thing I am not here. I don't I could. I haven't upped my pledge at all to include any of the other boxes, but I can very easily see, especially if they haven't like an all-in one, that might be very tempting for DC. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Why so serious? End of year competition. Both of those are things that you should get involved in. But that's it from me. Is it? Yeah. Have you got anything else to add before we, have to we get thank on? Anyone? Oh yeah, we we will definitely thank some people. That's all I got then. Excellent. So by all means, give us a follow and slash or review on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch, Twidbean, Pornhub, X. X. Oh, oh, X. Are we on X? We're not on no, X. No, we're not on X. Who the hell changes the name from Twitter to X? Like, that makes no sense. Actually, it does because he named his kids, like, symbols or something. I don't know. He's a strange man. Anyway, we're on those things. Uh, if you, for some reason, like what we're doing, and God, why would you? But we do have a Patreon uh, link is probably in the show notes. It's definitely on our webpage. Uh, for a couple of bucks a month, you can help us. You do these giveaways and, and run these events and all that sort of stuff. What are you giggling at? That, that almost sounded like one of those TV ads, right? For just a couple of bucks a month, you can help us. <laughs> you can help a poor child who's starving for more hobby. I don't know. I'm not going to go any further. Yeah, no, this is this is going badly. It, it, it had that real kind of like there was a moment there where it's like, but the idea is you give us the money, we put the money into the more of the things, and then yeah. you get the things anyway. So it's basically investing in yourself, and you're worth it. I mean, it's gambling. 
in a degree because all the money we get from the patrons goes into prizes and things like that. And then the prizes get given away. The patrons get a slightly better chance of winning them. Yeah, this is just like waiting the table or counting cards or something. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, Patreon, a couple of bucks a month. If you want to get involved, by all means do so, and we will shout you out on the podcast. As we will shout out the silly people that are on our thoughtless tiers uh, every episode, thank you very much, Alice, Archie, Clinton, Gertsey, Jared, Kingsley, and Yuri. You guys are very special and very crazy. And a little bit, little bit stuffed in the head, I think. But we love you anyway. I mean, who else would, right? <laughs> anyway, that's it from us. <laughs> Laters. Gotcha. Sunrise, casual, Jamie.